Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Hi, we're Karen June and Zandra of Little Yellow Couch, your hosts for the Style Matters podcast. If you're obsessed with decor and fashion, you're going to love this series of interviews about the importance of style. We believe that taking the time to really think about and cultivate a personal style is a meaningful and essential element of happiness, and that is what this podcast is all about. Today we're talking with Marion Parsons, the tour de force behind the popular blog, Miss Mustard Seed, where Marion shares her passion for creating a beautiful, personal, lived-in home without needing to hire a professional interior designer or spending lots of money. Her blog, which garners over 1 million page views each month, has turned into a full-scale business. Marion's first book, Inspired You, was published in 2012, and it was also the year she launched her line of milk paint, now available in over 300 retail stores around the world. Marion's own home, as well as her photography and styling work, has been featured in many media outlets, including HGTV, Design Sponge, and The Nate Berkus Show. Marion, we are so happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you for for having me. It's good to be here. Yes, great. So we're going to dive right in here and uh, just let our listeners know that you are a roll up your sleeves and get it done kind of person from what we can tell. And your enthusiasm for helping others create the homes of their dreams is evident in your blog posts and your videos and in your book. Um, In this podcast, Style Matters, we are asking our favorite design enthusiasts such as yourself, why is style important? Other than having a nice-looking home or a fashionable wardrobe, is there something deeper going on? And what do you get out of putting time and energy into style? Well, I think for me, I'm definitely a creative individual. I grew up doing musical theater, and um, that was sort of my outlet when I was younger. And Uh, I decided not to pursue that as a profession after studying it in college and and ultimately getting a degree in musical theater. I decided to not go that direction. So I was working in the corporate world and just felt like I was just going to explode. I just had this (laughs) desire to to create. and, And that just sort of landed on my home. That's just where... I started to create. I I treated my mom um, my rollerblades for her sewing machine, <laughs> and and I started making um, 
pillows and I tried quilting, which that was bad. Like we don't want to go there. <laughs> Um, but I just started to, to create in that way. So I think, um, I think for, for whatever it is that's in you, you know, for creative people that, that you need a a place for that creativity to go. Um, and so for me that, that was for my home. So I think it's, it's not necessarily about you have to have a beautiful home. Everybody has to work towards that. I think it's that, you know, you need a way to pursue what you're, you're passionate about. And for me, since, since that's what I love doing, it's really how I show, I show love to my family by creating a home that's comfortable and functional and pretty for them. Um, for other people that might mean making like really great baked goods or meals or, you know, doing tons of, um, uh, really fun science math projects with them, you know, on top of school. So it's, I think it's going to look different for every person, but, but for me, that's how creating a home um, sort of became an outlet for me, but then also something that was really important for me to do um, for my family. Yeah. It sounds like it's very, very personal. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it is. Cause I mean, I love doing it. It, my business sprung out of it and like, I don't feel like I'm working. I just, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. And, um, and I, and I love creating a space. Um, like I like working around the design challenges. Everybody has parts in their home that are, you know, kind of like, eh, I really would have picked a different, you know, yeah. floor plan if I could have. An or awkward why is that space or corner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I, so it's, know, the, it's like also the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the milk paint. Um, how did you get started with that particular kind of painting and what do you love about it? Well, one of my friends who also does painted furniture, her name is Barb Blair from the, the blog Max Studios. And we were talking on the phone one day and she had asked me if I'd ever tried milk paint. I had been using a lot of latex paints and acrylics and that sort of thing and just felt a little a little frustrated with not getting the look that I really envisioned in my head. And she said, you know, you really should try milk paint. It just does some really cool things. And, and I had always been intimidated by it because it comes in powdered form and you have to mix it with water. Uh, but I loved her work. I loved her milk painted pieces. So I tried it out and uh, just took to it immediately. I just loved the creative process of working with it. Um, it can be unpredictable in certain applications. And I, I really enjoyed that, just kind of seeing how the piece of furniture turned out. Um, and as I learned more about it and the more I used it, the more I loved it. And I felt like it was really an sort of an under-marketed, underutilized paint product out there. And I think I thought, because, you know, like somebody, you said, it's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, you know, somebody should come out with a paint line, with a milk paint <laughs> line, and kind of give it a fresh face, have it in fresh colors. And and that someone ended up being me. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you see a spot, you know, if you see a need, go ahead and, and answer it, which is what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. And it just all sort of came together. A milk paint company had reached out to me a few months earlier, and I asked if they would be interested in in working with me on, on a line in custom colors under my branding. And they said, yes, we'd love to. And my plan was to just carry it, you know, online or in my retail space, but it, it took off um, pretty quickly. As soon as I announced that I was going to have a milk paint line, I had people emailing me asking me to retail the paint. So it's all grown very organically. Oh, and that's great. 
Yeah, and I have to say that that we've seen your video on how to use it, how to mix it, and that really takes away the scary part. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it is. I think if you see a thing of powder, you think, oh my gosh, this has to be exactly perfect. And what if I don't mix it right? And what if I don't know how to stir it? Or, you know, why bother? I'll just get regular old paint. Um, but your video is so friendly and you, you show how easy it is to do. You show exactly how to do it. And, you, you know, I love how you talk about it being, it's not an exact science. It doesn't need to be. Right. The amounts of water and paint can be, or powder can be, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Creating should not be scary. It just shouldn't be. It should be fun. It should be enjoyable. And, and, um, yeah. And, and milk paint, you approach it the same way. There's really not a right or wrong way to do it. I think there are ways that might be more successful than others, but you know, you learn, you learn a lot of that through trial and error. And we do put a lot of information out there to sort of help people along. So they know like, okay, this is normal. This is not normal. Here's how you can fix this problem. Uh, to kind of take that intimidation out of it. Right, right. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, now purely for fun, we also want to know about a time when you ended up with a great result from saying, why not? We're talking about a time when you had some sort of design dilemma and the obvious or traditional decorating rules weren't working. So you threw out the rules and turned something on its head and just said, why not? <laughs> Yeah, I thought long and hard about that question. And I think, <laughs> you know, I think I approach decorating a lot like that. You know, I usually work with pieces that I buy that are that are secondhand. They're not very expensive. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't ever feel really boxed in or like I can't, I can't do something. I th So I think I come at things with sort of a, well, I'm just going to do it and see how it turns out kind of attitude. So that's maybe the norm for me as opposed to the exception. So Right, um, right. But I was trying to think about sort of one of maybe a first time that I approached a piece like that. And what I what I thought of was when I did my first upholstery job, I had um, sort of inherited a overstuffed, blue and mauve checked, you know, chair <laughs> that was very 1990s country. Right. And, and I, you know, I hated it. It wasn't working with my my decorating. So I'd always covered it over with a blanket and which of course then just makes it look just big and sloppy and bulky. And I finally decided, you know what? I, I already hate the chair and it was free. So I'm just going to try to reupholster it. It might be a disaster. Yeah, I love that. I love it. It couldn't get any worse, right? You already hated it. <laughs> right. So, right. and yeah. it, like, it was free. So why not? Yeah. Keep yeah, going. Exactly. So I mean, and I was very cautious about how much of the chair I actually dissected. And, it, you know, in hindsight, it was a horrible upholstery job. <laughs> but, you know, at the time, I mean, I think we used it for like two years. I, I yeah. you know, I cut up all this remnant fabric that I had. And, and um, in some places, I was even just sort of tucking the new fabric into the old and right. using a little manual staple gun and everything. But, you know, it was something that I was able to do in about a day. Uh, I used fabric I already had on hand on this free chair. And, and I learned a lot while I was doing it. And I ended up with a chair that I at least liked better than I did before. So, um, yeah, so I think it was easy to sort of approach with, a, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> 
And now exactly. I do and I'm, you know, now I do really nice upholstery work. So I'm still learning, but, um, but it got you, know, you started. It yeah. got you started doing something you hadn't done before, which is exciting and fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that what we're trying to get across is that even if you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world and you can always redo it again or, if you already don't like it, why not try something new? Um, it, it can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I think people overthink things like that way too much. Like even painting their walls. Some people are really scared about, well, what if I pick the wrong color? It's like, well, then you can just buy another can of paint. And paint it again. <laughs> right. You know, it's a pain and it's more time and it's more money. You do want to try to get it right. But I think there's there comes a point where some people are, are just so paralyzed by that, well, what if fear that they don't do anything. So Absolutely. We hear that from our readers a lot. And, and it's interesting because both Xandra and I, when I met Xandra for the first time, she was literally covered in paint. And I was <laughs> like, all right, we're going to be friends, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, my kind um, of girl. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I was also thinking about sort of um, how it relates you know, this whole subject sort of relates to children is, um, you know, we're constantly telling our children, you know, to try something new. You're not going to be great at something the first time. You know, this is the great thing about being a kid. And, and there's something I think that can kind of get lost um, later on in our lives where we start to think, well, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or something. And um, so it's great to, you know, I like your idea of starting with, um, a project that doesn't have a huge financial investment yeah. um, where you can just say, all right, I've got some scraps of fabric around and I have this chair that didn't cost me anything. And, um, you know, if I love it when I'm done, you know, great. If not, you know, it was, a, it was a good try and, uh, and, you know, keep that same attitude with, with whatever it is that uh, you try to take on. So Oh, yeah. And I worked on a lot of free pieces and $5 yard sale pieces before I, you know, had the confidence to work on, you know, something that was more expensive or maybe a precious family piece or something like that. So I think it's important when you're when you're really doing anything creative like this in your home that you give yourself success in little things. Like if you're new to painting, don't paint your kitchen cabinets is the very first thing, like paint right. a little yard sale table and, and have success in that learn from your mistakes and, and work your way up to, to painting something that's sort of bigger and more permanent than, than just a little table. Um, I always right, encourage absolutely. people to do that. Yeah. It takes the stress out of it. Then you're free to create. I think when you're, when you're stressed about it, that really hampers creativity. Or if you feel like, I've got to get this done. I've got to only have an hour. I've got to get this done. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard when we have, we have very busy lives, all of us. And, and sometimes you do feel like, oh, I don't have time to do a project or, um, you know, I don't, I, I, I won't get it finished if I don't move quickly. And um, it's kind of hard to work around that time constraint sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I found that having kids made me a lot more efficient with my time. I learned how to do projects <laughs> in like 10 minute increments when they were really little. Right, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That snack only lasts so long. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the, you know, Sesame Street DVD is only 25 minutes. So I've got to right, right. race and get it done. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I think that comes to back to your passion for wanting to do this. It's it's important to you because you get so much out of it. And so you're going to use that little 10 minute or 45 minute slice of time because you get a lot of joy out of it. Yeah, well, and that's true. You make time to do the things you want to do. So, you know, whether it's exercising or cooking or working on your home or starting a business, whatever it is, you know, you, you make the time to do it. So, um, you know, that's the case with me in my home. I enjoy doing it. I love it. So I, I make time to do it because it's important to me. Right, right. No, and I, I love how you talked earlier about um, how decorating your home and and uh, doing things to personalize it um, is a way of showing love to your family. And um, you had you had mentioned somewhere on your blog about uh, how your sweet family tolerates your constant furniture arranging. And I and I I thought there, there there's we we have a bunch of kids amongst us who uh, who have learned to to deal with that coming home from school and and suddenly the living room doesn't look like it did yeah. when they when they left for the school day <laughs> yeah it like doesn't even phase them anymore if a piece of right. missing or something like what happened at all okay all right i'll just right. sit over here then um, well they develop opinions too they'll tell you wow mom that really doesn't work <laughs> yeah yeah they they will and my kids have said you know they're like well i bet you sold that it was like yeah we did i sold it that's just a, that's just a part of mommy's business but I'm, i try to include them in, in things like that like they'll help me carry furniture in and out of the house and they'll you know they can earn money doing that because we want them to be a, be a part of you know a part of my business and, and what we're doing. And, um, and they can see like, if you work hard and, you know, if you, you do something you're passionate about and all that, it's, it's, um, you know, hopefully going to end up being successful, but I think it's been good for them to see us, um, you know, working in our own business and Absolutely. how much we've had to put into it. Um, right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a great, it's a great way to live your life. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm enjoying it immensely. I never, I never thought that starting my business and then I started my blog a year later, I no idea that this is the road it would lead me on. I really started it with the goal of earning about, my goal was about $200 a month just to help with groceries and diapers. That was it. That was the goal. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, even that yeah. felt just totally unrealistic. Right, um, right. It's good to hear that. It's good to remember where people started and how they, you know, where they came from. And we all have to start somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I started with um, my kids were uh, four months old, four months old and almost two when I started the business. So I did a lot with them hanging on my knees and um, and it and it grew over time, you know, as they went to school and I had more time, I was able to, to put more into it. But um it's uh, it, in a way, I feel like I've sort of been just along for the ride. It's been really interesting to see just what all has come out of this because I didn't start the business thinking, oh, this this is, you know, this is where it's going to be. I'm going to be writing for HGTV and I'm going to be in a magazine yeah. and I'm, I have no <laughs> right. idea. So it's been such a pleasant right. surprise, I think, because of that. I've been really enjoyed it along the way. It's been a lot of, you know, discovery that's happened. and, and um, That is just wonderful. It just sounds great. Yeah, it's been um, fun. <laughs> well, thank you. It's been fun talking with you today. We are so appreciated, and um, we want to remind our listeners that you can find Marion 
on Miss Mustard Seed, her blog, and also be sure to look for her milk paint line. Uh, you can find a listing of retailers on her blog, MissMustardSeed.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Style Matters Podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. Are you ready to stop waiting for your dream house to materialize and start loving the home you've got? Visit us at littleyellowcouch.com. To check out our free video series on our three principles of design, click on the videos tab. See you next time on our Little Yellow Couch. so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.